Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This week on Around the Coin, we have special guest and CEO of LendUp, Sasha Orloff, joining the conversation. We'll be discussing opportunities in microfinance, peer-to-peer lending, and what LendUp has already done to revolutionize payday loans. Around the Coin Podcast. Hey guys, uh, great to have everyone on today. Sasha, uh, it's really a pleasure. Appreciate your time and really look forward to a great conversation. Um, as always, we have Brian and Faisal and myself, Mike Townsend. Um, we have uh, Sasha Orloff from LendUp. So he's going to be giving us some some great ideas and, and explain where he came from and what LendUp's working on and what they're going to do in the future. Uh, so with that really brief intro, Sasha, you want to dive in and talk a little more yeah sure great great uh, great to be here thanks you guys uh fun to uh wake up on a saturday morning and uh have an opportunity to do this instead of just uh you know doing emails and working the normal way Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's uh uh yeah so uh how do you guys want to start so i figured you you could maybe talk a little bit about your personal background i think that would be interesting um and then uh, how LendUp started, if there's any sort of interesting uh, origin to the company. And then, um, you know, I think a, a background on payday loans and sort of the industry that you deal with would be really interesting and try to highlight opportunities for entrepreneurs. If there's things that you feel like are just, you know, um, rocks waiting to be unturned with, with, you know, gold nuggets underneath. I think that's interesting, especially from a fairly intimidating industry as payments, uh, hearing your perspective from, you know, two plus years deep and then experience in it before would be really interesting. Sure. Yeah. would love to. Okay. So let's start with, uh, my background. Uh, so I, uh, you know, as I was always really interested in financial services, uh, as a, my undergrad was in applied math and behavioral psychology. Uh, and so financial services always was really curious for a few reasons. One, it was measurable. Uh, and so I liked as a math major, uh, the ability to measure things, uh, and then human behavior, which is inherently irrational. Uh, and that comes in really nicely in financial services because where better than when people put their, their money where their mouth is to make financial decisions, um, can, uh, can, is there opportunity? Um, so, uh, always really liked financial services after college, moved up here to the Bay area in the, the heyday of the dot-com first era and worked in sort of the early days of risk management and fraud management in, in online transaction processing. I uh, worked for a company called Ingenio, which was 
sort of the eBay of knowledge. So you did the same thing. You created your posts and you could communicate with people uh, and you could sell your knowledge either via email or over a phone system. Uh, and so think about things like um, phone support or tax advice or personal advice or psychics or anything that uh, you're sort of paying for, for knowledge. And this was early in the days. There, there wasn't a lot of online transaction processing at all. So it's really sort of fun. When all of a sudden I, I read this book called Banker to the Poor uh, by a gentleman named Muhammad Yunus, who, who later went on to win the Nobel Peace Prize for pioneering this idea of microcredit in Bangladesh by the, as the founder of the Grameen Bank. Uh, and they were starting a technology team and uh, asked if, if I could be involved, uh, or uh, I asked if I could be involved, <laughs> I guess. And they said, hey, we're starting a, a technology group. Uh, do you want to you wanna move to Honduras? And I said, sure. Where's Honduras? I said, oh, it's in Central America. I said, great, let's do this. So we were we were building software for banks to adopt the concept of microcredit, so giving small loans to people in poor areas of, of developing countries. And so we spent a couple years. Uh, I went down there for six months, ended up staying almost three years between Honduras and Mexico. Um, and we were building software uh, to have adoption of microcredit around the world uh, in areas where it didn't exist. From there, I moved to D.C. and worked at the World Bank for uh, the microfinance team called the Consultative Group to Assist the Poor uh, while I was going to graduate school at Georgetown, getting my MBA. And then I moved up to New York and was lucky enough to be accepted into this kind of rotational leadership management program. So I spent a year doing uh, credit underwriting at Citigroup in New York on the credit cards division. So the decision about who we say yes to and who we say no to and why. Uh, And then I moved to uh, the online acquisitions team, and then to the finance team uh, before uh, we moved back to California because Citigroup was starting a venture capital team for early stage financial services technology. And so I worked on City Ventures for about 18 months before joining Y Combinator with my brother to uh, really disrupt payday loans, really disrupt lending in general, but but really the starting point being payday loans. Hmm. So that that's a long-winded version of my background. Uh, but financial services have been my passion for about 15 years in, in technology and, and how leveraging technology can um, adapt and, and create opportunities. It's incredibly interesting. I mean, that's clearly that's a, such a great background to be able to jump into doing what you're doing now. I mean, it sounds like it's almost idealistic. Uh, does it, it, it feel like, like you have now, a... <laughs> it seems like that now in hindsight. <laughs> mm, yeah, right. <laughs> You can only uh, you can what is this? You can only paint the lines going backwards, connect the <laughs> yeah. connect the dots going backwards. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, um, so, so the idea wasn't always just to disrupt payday lending. It actually it started um, almost in one of those traditional uh, sort of Silicon Valley startup ideas where uh, I was brainstorming with my brother. My brother uh, is my co-founder uh, or is a co-founder of LendUp, and he. He's been a software engineer his whole life. He, he started at Yahoo as the 80th employee when he was 16 years old as an intern uh, and has been developing web apps uh, for the last 15 years. Formerly, he, he would have been there in Yahoo in a variety of roles and then went to Zynga uh, and was uh, the CTO of Platform um, as Zynga was really growing through its, its growth stage and building a lot of the core platform. So what I was looking at was I was just, we were basically, I was sharing frustrations. Actually, if we even take a step back, we were just brainstorming startup ideas, uh, as you do in your free time here when mm-hmm. you're drinking coffee in South Park or uh, wherever, where you happen to be Koopa Cafe. And, 
And really what it came down to was we both have been working for almost 15 years. I'm predominantly focused on financial services and him on web applications. And so we started talking about ideas and we looked at each other and said, God, we're both actually have a, a decent amount of domain expertise in something. So why don't we start looking at what are some of the, the problems uh, that, that you faced and could technology solve them? So we literally were just, we were sort of, I was complaining about all of my prior jobs. Like what were all the things that were really frustrating to me? Um, and where would an opportunity be? Where could we combine our expertise and solve a problem? Uh, and then as a former investor, you know, the things that you always want to think of are, is it a big industry? Uh, because if it's a big industry, uh, even if you make a small dent, you can create a big company. Uh, or you know, there's lots of opportunity where there's a lot of revenue being exchanged. So financial services, check that box, because uh, in, inherent in, in almost every financial product is a lot of revenue. Um, we started looking at some of the things that, that were really new uh, and some of the sort of major trends that were coming along. We started seeing smartphone penetration just growing really crazily. Uh, we started looking at some of the problems in the industry in financial services, constant regulation changes. Um, we started looking at some of the really cool new technologies, sort of lots of really big, scalable, real-time infrastructure that existed. Um, and the ability to do predictive analytics in a much more sophisticated way, uh, as opposed to sort of the simple regression analysis that that almost every bank in the world does. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of supervised learning, artificial intelligence, uh, um, statistical analysis, machine learning stuff right. um, that's coming out of here, uh, really sort of pioneering here. So what would be, you know, maybe maybe quickly so we can all get a really clear, tangible sense, what would a, a customer's user experience change? So now they're going into a um, an office that has cash, uh, checks, money orders, payday loans on it. They're going in, are they running any sort of uh, credit on them or they're just completely uh, exchanging this payday loan, a short-term um, high interest rate loan, and then you know, getting that back in two to three days with a high default rate, and then now they're going online. So it seems like this is a huge change in the experience for a customer who would be going through payday loans. Is there a particular demographic of the people who use payday advances or payday loans um, that you're going after? People who are more tech savvy or use it in a slightly different way? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but it tends to be a more uh, the more uh, population that's in the the poverty or the lower income bracket. So yeah. that would be. So are there, is, there, is that a problem ever? You know, so people are traditionally going into these offices and getting these uh, short-term loans, <clears throat> um, and now they're going online. Is that, that's a pretty big jump in the user experience. Yeah, so that's great. So the, the, let's take the, the trends that I sort of, and see how we can sort of make a difference between the existing experience that happens today and the experience that, that we think is tomorrow, which, which looks like LendUp. So what happens today is, you, uh, you're, you know, you're working a, a normal job. You're living sort of paycheck to paycheck. You don't have any savings, uh, and there's an unexpected expense. Your heating bill's higher. You get into an accident. Your kid gets sick. Um, there's something that wasn't planned that costs money. So you know you can't just walk into a bank and walk out with cash. You need money right in it, right now. It's a it's a very urgent problem. So you go to a payday store, and the experience looks traditionally like this. Uh, you find a payday store, which are usually sort of in, in the more urban areas, working class neighborhoods. You go down, uh, you wait in line uh, because it's a, usually a pretty popular joint. You're standing in, in usually a pretty bright 
area, you're always behind bulletproof glass. Uh, and you go in and you have a two-page application. You have to have remembered, because if you go for your first time, uh, you, you might not realize all of the paperwork that you have to bring in. Uh, so you have to have your ID. You have to have three months of history of your utility bill or something that proves your address. You have to have usually three months of your phone bill. You bring three months of your bank statement. You bring three months of your pay stubs. Uh, and then you go in, you show them all this paperwork. You fill out a two-page application. You stand in line. You get to the front. You hand them all your paperwork. They review everything. The whole process for a first-time customer can take anywhere from an hour to two hours plus transportation time, depending upon how far away. And uh, and then you write a post-dated check. So you would write a check on your next pay date. So they would choose the day that you uh, are paying back the loan. Uh, you write down a check, say, for $300. They hand you $250. Uh, and then you walk out with $250 cash. Um, you know, usually in not the safest neighborhood. Uh, they're handing you cash behind bulletproof glass. There's a lot of other people around. So imagine just the time and the experience, and then also think if you know you were uh, young or a woman, and it was nighttime uh, around. It's not necessarily the safe and most dignified experience. So that's how it works today. That's how it's worked for 20 years. Um, every state has their own limits on how much money you can lend and what the price is, but it usually nets out at about 460 percent. Uh, APR. And that happens consistently. So it's a two-week loan, about a 460% APR. That's in California. And uh, that just that doesn't change. Every time you need to borrow, you pay the same fee. It's the same cost. It's the same sort of amount of work. It's the same line. It's the same bulletproof glass. Um, week after week, month after month, year after year. Um, and, and you get your money. They, they have an advantage. They put cash in your hand. Um, and that's a really sort of validating, tangible experience. Um, but that's it. You know, you, if you use payday loans for three years, it's the same price, 460% APR all the time. Hmm. So there's no, there's no, there's no credit you can build for paying it off uh, quickly as an individual. It's every no. time you go into the exact same. Yeah, you, have, you could have a great credit history. It's locked inside the files of that payday loan store. Nobody else knows. It's wow. not really shared. The same way where you and I might have a, a credit card or a bill or a, a payment or a loan and it would get reported to the major credit bureaus. So you can actually build your credit by using your credit card if you make your on-time payments. Um, and, and that's it. The whole world knows. That's how you can go to a bank. That's how I was able to, you know, I established credit. That's how I was able to move from Honduras to D.C., um, rent an apartment, get a student loan, uh, get graduate assistance to go to Georgetown, mm-hmm. um, have a cell phone waiting in my apartment that I rented um, online, uh, waiting for me when I got there. Uh, so having credit has a lot of tangible benefits um, that some of us take for granted uh, because it's just part of our lives. But that's not part of the lives of 80 million people in the United States. Wow. Okay. Now, now Sasha, um, it obviously serves the payday loan store to keep that credit information locked up, obviously, right? Yeah. And, and so it, historically... This would always be sort of the fence that kept somebody from really not going into the greater world of credit, uh, because essentially with the high interest rates and and the micro loans, they're never quite getting in front of it and the and the liquidity that credit offers. Uh, obviously, you're approaching this from the standpoint that giving this information out to the greater world is is helping and and it's improving uh the lives of the of the individual and hopefully their family um do you see limitations on that 
um, in, in your model? Are there any uh, any things that that cause this to be perhaps perhaps not supporting that person uh, going forward? Yeah. So so that's that's a great question. Can I I want to preface it with kind of what we're building? So there's a contrast sure. to how they how it exists. And, if we can segue into it, because I think we really need to make that connection because I think that's where Lend Up is really doing some phenomenal work. Thanks. Uh, we agree. <laughs> um, yeah. So we started looking at the problems and said, okay, well, um, there's no pricing segmentation, uh, which is sort of the first thing you learn in any marketing class. And so the, the best people are actually paying for the worst by having the same price again and again and again and, and expensive prices. So the first thing we did was we started segmenting pricing. And we said, uh, if you are a low risk, so you are paying on time again and again, we actually lower your interest rate from about ha- half of market, which is our starting price on an APR basis, to a 16th of market. So we bring people down to prices that are cheaper than a banks even offer, even though banks won't lend to our customers. Um, the next thing we do is we sort of reward good behavior. So of even the people that aren't um, around like that, that aren't familiar. We created a whole education segment, and we embed education into our experience. Um, and it's a real time system. So as you pay on time, pay early, check your balances, even take our little animated education videos and pass a, a simple five question quiz at the end. Those automatically give you your points, and your points are what give you the ability to move to cheaper loans even faster. Um, should you need to borrow. Um, we also focus very much on transparency. So we do not have any rollovers, refinancing, none of the debt traps where some payday lenders make a lot of their money. You cannot borrow any more money until you have paid back in full. Um, and so there's a commitment there to the borrower. We're structuring it much closer to what a traditional credit product look like. looks like. And that's really important for the, the next step, which is we're the first to ever put people on a path to report to the major credit bureaus. And we are the first licensed short-term lender to report to the major credit bureaus. Now, Sasha, so we I, provide people. Oh yeah. Go I got to I got to I got to break in because that is I think the real critical difference between right. the direction you're taking and the rest of the payday loan stores is the rollover I think is really the thing that is the trap uh, that you yep. never really get out of because it's very seductive, <laughs> uh, very, very seductive. And and in my view, uh, especially seeing it with recent immigrants, uh, because there's also an immigrant story to this. It's not yep. just uh, people, you know, of, of, you know, lower income means. It's just people recently arriving to the country. And it almost is a, is a you know, a servitude that winds up taking place because uh, uh, these, uh, these smaller entities wind up directing you to certain types of jobs. And it's almost like working in the, the old steel mill and coal mill company towns where you really couldn't go much further than uh, where the company said you could go. So this is phenomenal. I think that's really uh, uh, the transformative uh, part of this, uh, one of the transformative parts. Yeah, it's a core part of our value, which is is changing the word, well, ch- changing the notion of a payday loan from a trap into an opportunity. Um, and we can control a lot of the experience, which is our ability to lower rates and our ability to help our customer learn and understand. Um, and then reporting to the major credit bureaus is, is a core part of one of our differentiating factors. But it's really, it's the core part is it should be an opportunity. It should be required that everybody does this. Um, it doesn't in the United States, but uh, it's what will open up long-term opportunities for people not just to get 
to a financially stable place, which is what we're trying to help them get. But hopefully in the long run, help them get to a place where they can build wealth and build assets. So buy a home, buy a car, uh, get a student loan, even get a credit card if they want to, so they can get the float between um, months or they, they can sort of have a, a deferred payment mechanism. It's about giving them the opportunity to be able to get ahead. And uh, it just doesn't exist in very many places, and it definitely doesn't exist in this industry. So that's the yeah. thing we're really excited about. Now, would you call your clients in the traditional unbanked uh, sort of uh, label? I mean, is that how we're seeing this, or is that just an antiquated term in your view? No, well, so all of our customers do have bank accounts. You know, when, gotcha. when you're starting, there's so many things when you're starting a brand new company, you can't do everything. So we have to do some of the things that exist with infrastructure. So we're starting with customers that have bank accounts. And all of payday lenders have bank accounts because you're normally writing a, a check from your checking account exactly. uh, a payment. Um, there's a lot. So I would call them unhappily banked. You know, they're banked, <laughs> but they don't have access to credit. They have access to park their money and save it, um, but they don't have access to the, the other services um, that a bank traditionally would offer. Um, I, there's a whole huge market that I would love to um, start attacking at some point, which is the totally unbanked. Um, and so how do you give people the benefits of what the banking system can offer? Um, payments, credit cards, savings accounts, um, investment accounts, um, you know, the, the access to the credit that can help you get ahead. Um, and, and so that's a, that's a problem we'll, we'll probably um, address at some point. But and right that's now, a growing sector. That's a yes. huge growing sector in our economy right now. So if, without you know, disclosing hidden business plan, I would think it serves in your best interest to keep this client throughout their life. I mean, really, if, if you've done great by them, uh, you know, I call it, I call it, you know, banking with training wheels. You know, you have individuals who may or may not have had bad experiences with banks before or just starting out and you're guiding them down a path. But why? have them leave you moving on. I mean, why not offer the more uh, traditional and advanced uh, type of services like rendering credit and issuing credit cards and debit cards? I mean, is that something you could talk about? <laughs> uh, so I, I think part of the, so, so I think about it this way, right? So part of the approach is um, we're, we're also a startup. So we have to focus on what we do really well. Sure. And what we're doing really well is we're helping people that traditionally use and look for payday loans have a better, safer option. Um, part of our, our model is what we call the lend up ladder. Um, and the concept that as you do better, um, your products and services get better. So implicitly in that nature is, um, as our customers graduate higher and higher up the ladder, from silver to gold to platinum to prime, which is our levels of lending, um, we're learning a lot about what else they need, what else we can solve for them. Um, and you know, maybe it's through partnerships uh, or maybe it's through building the products ourselves. But our goal is to help our customers get to a better place. Um, and what we can do ourselves, uh, we'll do. And what we can't do, we'll partner with. But um, yes, my goal in the long run, and the reason we spent two and a half years building all of our core platform and technology was so that we had the flexibility to build and adapt to, to whatever whatever's coming along. Beautiful. Sasha, take us through a journey. You are the atypical, if that's possible, client. Walk us through the entire process from discovery to funding and then the next levels, if you will, just so we can feel that experience. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that I, I wish I could tell 
Sasha two to three years ago was, um, <laughs> or, or maybe even 10 years ago, was <laughs> don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try. Um, sure. The biggest fear is taking that first step. Um, everybody knows, you know, they, they, they have problems in their own life or they see problems around and, and they're like, God, somebody should fix that. Uh, it, it, it was, by no means is it easy. It's stressful. It takes a lot of time. Um, but it's possible. Uh, and that's something that is, it, I, I don't think I quite appreciated until I took the step to, to try and start doing this. So, uh, but that doesn't necessarily answer your question, which is. Yeah. So you're uh, the customer, you're, you're yeah. the, the person that just, they, they may have had an experience with a payday loan maybe once. And it was, uh, to say the least, uh, not a, a good experience for the person. They discover you. Let's just say, how do they discover you? How do you think most people are going to find you? And then, and then walk your way through that whole process. Is it word of mouth? Is it advertising? Where, where, did, where did Sasha discover this payday loan option? Yeah, uh, so I had a benefit of um, having worked and seeing uh, what, what the power of impact you can have in helping underserved um, customers. Well, you know, it, it, actually what I'm saying is you're the customer. I want to see what your yeah. experience as a customer is. I want to understand how this process compares and contrasts as Sasha is being the customer needs a payday loan. He went to a payday loan store and it was a, a bad experience, paid it off. Nothing you know, negative happened. He, he did what he was supposed to. And now he discovered your business, uh, LendUp. And, and now what's the difference? Walk me through the entire process and, and compare and contrast. Yeah. Well, the, the good news is, is if you, if, if you pick an industry that doesn't really have startups attacking it. Um, and it's mostly a brick and mortar business. The world is moving online. Um, it, it becomes pretty easy to just start thinking about creating an experience that the customer actually wanted. Um, and so it, most of our, so we're starting by, um, looking for customers that traditionally use payday loans, um, because it's an immediate difference. Anybody that's ever used a payday loan before, um, or they use them regularly, they immediately see a difference in our experience. You can tell from the design, like the, the focus and time we spend on design um, to the entire experience, because most likely the tempting traps that you talked about before, um, people get upset, but they don't have other options. So we just created a safe product that works for them. Now, how do they find us? So we spend a lot of time thinking about how, how do we approach a person that uh, you know, has an unexpected expense that's really hard to do. Um, so we started thinking about where does our product actually make the most sense? Makes the most sense for people that are paying 460% APR again and again and again and again. And they can see that to them, you know, our value prop is great because it's finally getting significantly cheaper. Not finally, it's quickly getting significantly cheaper. So they're spending more money uh, for themselves or spending less money on servicing their loans and they immediately have more money. And that's a tangible benefit. Um, the other thing that we focus on is we're the first and only lender that gives an instant, immediate decision. So of the people that traditionally use brick and mortar, we can also now save them time. So uh, we can save them probably you know, up to a few hours a month because once they fill the application once, uh, they have an account with us. And once they have an account with us, uh, they can get loans on any smartphone uh, through our website, Anytime they want to, very easily. They no longer have to wait in line and fill all this paperwork and bring the stuff. We can automatically do this with our with our system. We can 
access this information digitally so they don't have to keep providing proof. We've handled all of the compliance and all of the underwriting ourselves. So, so what's the sign-up process? People, I mean, are, are, they, are they going online? There's no paperwork to sign, right? This is all electronic? Yeah, it's fully electronic. You can do it Perfect. from any mobile phone, any computer. Uh, the application, you know, probably takes three to four minutes to fill out. Um, is, is there and, any, uh, uh, Sasha, is there any, any story, you know, any, any personal story of a customer that you've, uh, interacted with maybe early days that you felt just like gives you that, that adrenaline rush, almost like, you know, when, when you get product market fit and you, you hear someone's reactions to something you've built, you know, it's, there's no feeling like that in the world. Um, has there been any like stories where like, say a mother, you know, had their, their child, you know, I'm not sure. I'd imagine there's a lot of these where, you know, injuries, maybe a, a common place where you need money short term and she couldn't get it because she went to, or she maybe tried it in a payday loan and, you know, like she got the cash, but it was way too, you know, expensive and she kept going back and then she found you guys. And are there any of those sorts of stories that, uh, come to mind when you think of like, you know, your customer base <clears throat> or sort of motivational, um, Experiences. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll share two very different stories that, that both happened. So I did all of the customer service at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I spoke with all of our customers. <laughs> I was the one responding to emails, answering phones. Uh, now we have a, a team that does it. We still share stories all the time. Our our team has a quote wall and in our office, and uh, we push them and we share customer stories every week. It's awesome. We want to stay connected with our customers, um, and it's both good and bad um, stories. Um, most of the bad ones are just things that they want more features on the website and we build them. But there's two good stories that I like uh, for, for two very different reasons. Um, and uh, one uh, is actually, we just posted on our blog, it's, it's one of our employees. Um, and he came from another country um, and was, uh, he, he's from Turkey um, and his name's Oz. And so he's on the Lend Up blog, he posted it yesterday. He came to this country and lived here, uh, has his MBA, It's very successful, professional, um, but doesn't have a credit history and he couldn't get a credit history. And he applied for credit cards. It didn't work. He wanted to get a car. It didn't work. Um, he had to pay everything in cash, um, which is one difficult and and uh, uh, and, and like not not necessary. He was a low risk. And so one of the things that was actually really fun um, as an employee, um, a couple of years into us building LendUp, uh, was we had him. He was going to apply for a job, and he tested out our product. So he went and he filled out the application, and he was approved. Uh, and it was sort of this weird turning point. And he was like, I have to work here. These guys understand me. They can underwrite <laughs> different than the banks. And they were giving me an opportunity. He's like, I never get approved. Um, I always get declined. He's like, I'm a good person. Um, why can't banks recognize that? I'm a low risk, good person. And so it was really fun um, just personally to have um, somebody, to have our underwriting uh, be able to approve people that a bank wouldn't. Um, and give them the opportunity to start building their credit so they can establish their credit and going forward. Um, so we get that a lot. Um, that one just happens to be one that, that we just shared recently. But we get that a lot, especially with you know, college kids or young, sort of new to the workforce um, people. And, and we get those stories pretty regularly. Um, the ones that are the heartstring sort of tuggers that, that are the really best is there was a, a mom. And um, I, I told this story before, but I, I just love it. I can't, I can't just, um, and her kid got injured um, and, and got hurt and they had to go to the emergency room. And, uh, and normally what would happen in their life if they don't have money to pay for the copay um, is they get shuttled around to a different hospital or they then have to go, you know, there's a lot of payday stores outside of hospitals um, and they have to go wait in line and fill all this paperwork. And inherently you're not carrying around months and months of bank statements and pay stubs and phone records. Um, and so 
what options do you have? Your kid's sick, you're stressed out, you got to go back to work. Um, and uh, uh, she had a, a LendUp account uh, and she'd used this once before. Um, and so she pulled out her, her Android and uh, uh, went to a LendUp on her mobile browser, signed in, uh, got a loan, and we got money to her in a couple of minutes. Wow. Uh, adopting technology. And, and so it's not that, you know, it's the cheapest form or whatever, but it was nice. We spent all this time trying to build the fastest, quickest, most transparent experience. And it was just about allowing her to like focus on helping her son, like get through this like emergency room, scary experience and not have to think about, um, you know, where am I going to pay day loan? Yes, it's cheaper. Yes, it's safer, but it just alleviates her and lets her think back about her life and her priorities as opposed to worrying about where am I going to go and how do I have to get home and get all these copies and come back down and my kid's in the emergency room and he hurt his ankle. Or, and it, so th- those are like the stories that, that make me feel really happy because those are the ones where you really have a meaningful impact. Wow, that's and huge. Just, quick question. That is amazing. Uh, yeah, quick question. How do you get the money out to them immediately? Uh, I, mean, I understand Good ACH question. in the US. ACH does take a f- you know, few days, but how do you manage that? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that uh, is great and one of the things that I'm excited about uh, is the sort of opening up of connected transaction systems. So what we do is we built our own transaction processing system, uh, which means we can adapt where people are located, what bank they have, where they are, and we can provide differentiated service for different people depending upon who they are, their risk, and and where they are. Um, So we have about... I say 10 different mechanisms and systems. ACH is our last resort um, because it works with every bank, but it's a next business day. And when you're trying to solve a problem right now, um, we have to do different things. So um, we have a couple little secrets and tricks, but we have relationships with a lot of different um, partners. Um, and in many cases, we can put money into people's accounts in the matter of seconds. We say 15 you- minutes because our lawyers make us, but really it's, it's seconds. Do you ever issue a debit card to a regular customer uh, and, and they get paid that me- through that mechanism? So at some point we might, but I would rather just push money right to that debit card. Um, gotcha. If it's possible. So we, I, I prefer to you know, uh, give people the ability to use the infrastructure they have. They have a, a credit card or they have a, a prepaid card or they have a bank account or they have a checking account or they're at an ATM or they're at a, a place that has the ability to push money to. Um, we're seeing more and more um, very exciting uh, opportunities. And if you can put a, a logic based upon a reality, who's this person? Where are they? What's their situation? Um, are they close to a mechanism? Are they close to um, a, a place to get cash? Do they have an existing product that works? I would rather just push to existing infrastructure um, right now than opposed to, to doing that. And you can I, see I, as ATMs start connecting, as point of sale devices start connecting, um, uh, as, you know, 7-Elevens or CVSs or grocery stores or prepaid providers, as all of these things start being connected, there's so much opportunity, um, not just for LendUp, but for, for new mechanisms to think about how those connections can solve problems. I would argue with my background that you may want to investigate uh, issuing debit cards. There's some substantial opportunities for the company and for the consumer. Um, uh, a lot of them are not very obvious and maybe cover that conversation another time. But the other thing I, <laughs> other thing I would uh, want to ask you is how has social media and social signals uh, impacted, if you can talk about it, your underwriting criteria? Do you use that? 
Yeah. So we, we don't use social media um, for our credit underwriting. Uh, and the reason isn't because we d- don't want to. It's just there's, there's, uh, there's sort of gray areas of the law and we have to be really buttoned up and have to make sure that we're following the law. So there's a, a regulation B by the Federal Reserve. It says, exactly. uh, called the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. And it says you can't discriminate against a protected class. Um, which means, so, uh, you know, say you are uh, a fan on Facebook of sex in the city, there's a possible bias there that you're a woman, uh, and you can't underwrite based upon gender, um, in the United States. Um, whereas in Grameen, we only lent to women, um, cause they were inherently more reliable than men are, uh, with money. Um, so, but you can't do that in the United States. So, uh, we want to stay really, really conservative, um, around that. So we do use alternative data. We don't just use credit bureau data. That's how we were able to approve Oz and, and most of our customers who, uh, don't have any credit history or have a very thin credit history, um, or have even had very troubled credit history and banks will lend to them because their FICO scores are now too low. Um, but the, the new data that we use really, um, is, is, um, alternative credit bureaus and think about phone records and bank records and, um, payment mechanisms that are electronically available. What uh, about somebody in a current bankruptcy, uh, a, a current, a bankruptcy that was not closed yet? I mean, is that something where you can, assuming they still have a checking account open? Yeah. Uh, so uh, yes, we definitely have customers that are uh, in post-bankruptcy. Um, so they've had bankruptcy. They're kind of on this seven-year blacklist from any bank, uh, which I know because I work there doing credit underwriting. What if the bankruptcy is not closed? What if it's an open bankruptcy still? Because that's a very tough region, right? I mean, can you lend into that? Uh, yeah, that's a very specific question. I wouldn't know. I would think from a high level, if you're in the middle of a bankruptcy and you're borrowing money, uh, could you easily just borrow it and loop it into your bankruptcy filing? Uh, I don't know enough about this, but, um, it, yeah, it, because until a bankruptcy is discharged, it's essentially almost a vortex that other things can be pulled into and, and, a, and a discharge could take a number of years, you know, according to the type of bankruptcy. So that's a, a interesting thing. I've seen some payday loan stores lend into that, but I'm always been curious how they work that. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like it would be, it would be scary. Uh, you sort of let people get through their bankruptcy, which is very sort of emotional and trying, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, and get through that experience and figure out what they've learned and what they didn't learn and then, and then start building up. But we can build up, you can, we can put people, uh, we can start reporting positive history, assuming they pay on time. Um, even people that are in bankruptcy. So you can start building your FICO score um, even immediately after bankruptcy. Uh, and a lot of people don't know that. They just think they're out of the out of situation because, well, most people don't report to credit bureaus that would, would, lend, mm, to, would lend to people post-bankruptcy. So we will. So I think it's important that people, even post-bankruptcy, think about, God, I got to start building my credit up because uh, it's going to be really low uh, and uh, eventually you'll get access to the system again. So, Sasha, how big is the market in the United States? Do you have a number of... Because that always seems to be the thing you can't, uh, certainly regional and local payday loan stores, they know what's going on, but they don't talk about it as, as how big of a number it is in the U.S. How big is it? There, uh, so that's, that's a good question. Um, it's most, the, the industry is mostly set up with a bunch of regional players. There, there aren't a lot of big, massive national players, um, Cash America, Advance America, um, Check and Go. There's a few, um, but it, it's mostly it's mostly a, a small regional business. So I don't know if anybody knows. Um, one, because uh, 
it has to be estimated. But two, because of the internet, there's a lot of players that exist, you know, they, they operate outside of the bounds of sort of regulated US law because they Absolutely. put up an internet site. So I think I've seen estimates that the industry is about $45 billion in the US, growing at, you know, 15 to 20% as wow. banks continue to still not lend. That's the sort of lending volume. But I think that would be probably be understated because the more I'm in the industry, the more I see there's a lot of players that operate outside of the confines of, of U.S. law, and, and they wouldn't be reporting um, how much money they're, they're lending. And the number of potential customers, do you have an estimate of the headcount of how many think, are being served? I think the Center for Financial Services Innovation estimated 15 million people uh, wow. use payday loans annually. Wow. wow. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that's the question f- for those that are going to start a business. Venture capitalists always like asking how big is the industry. Sure. Um, and the, the good news is you can say it's a big industry. It's $45 billion lent every year. But in my mind, um, we're not like necessarily just attacking payday lending or, or coming up with a new solution. We're going after all of unsecured consumer lending that, that banks won't lend to. So um, the, the estimates of personal loans and payday loans and installment loans and title loans and um, pawn loans um, are, are probably altogether over a trillion dollars. And so um, I want to create credit building opportunities and, and better credit products for all of them. Um, we're just, we're starting right now as a proof of concept, uh, building a better payday Okay, loan. so if my Ford pickup truck needs a new transmission, it's a $3,000 equation and I'm in front of a merchant. Is that a place where you want to be at some point, uh, where you're on the merchant side delivering this, or is it always going to be on the consumer side? Uh, so, you know, our technology is we built our own RESTful API platform. It can create new lending products easily. It can put them at point of sale. It can be embedded in checkout experiences. Uh, I just want to create safe, transparent products for the consumer, whether I'm delivering them or whether you know, your auto mechanic uh, has a, a, an instant, you know, they have a, a connected point of sale or they use a tablet or they use Square or whatever. Um, I would love to be able for them to offer it as well. Um, so that's, and, is that in your roadmap or is it just, is it there yet? Because I haven't seen that on your side. I'm just wondering if you're, is it out there already where, where it's merchant driven? I think we'd, we'd, we'll look for the right opportunity uh, uh, where this can be. We, we announced a partnership with a, a, a Corduro, uh, which is, handles the a connected point of sales for a lot of hospitals sure. to look yeah. for emergency expenses. And so we're actively testing and looking for um, opportunities where this can, uh, this can be a better service. So uh, a mechanic store doesn't have to turn away you because you don't have credit for that transmission. And we can well, underwrite you instantly at the point of sale and they can get to work um, and then we'll handle all, all the rest. Well, let me tell you, Sasha, from my experience, I've been involved in uh, merchant processing for 30 years. And one of the things that has always been a challenge uh, is, uh, is a real bill me later for retail. Uh, but actually something much more pervasive and obviously going down to the uh, individual that would normally only have a payday loan type of experience. Right. Um, you know, whether it's a payday loan, whether it's a, you know, some other type of credit product, I think it's a labeling thing. It's really that decisioning and where it's originating from. Uh, obviously, from your perspective, it's a marketing system because a merchant now has this tool yeah. uh, where a $3,000 transaction is not something he can, he's going to slip away. And I got to tell you, knowing these merchants, they break, their hearts break. I mean, you know, the person comes in, the car is towed, you know, off the freeway or something, and they're left with this, 
do I self-fund this? Do I try to see if I can, you know, put a mechanics lien on the car? Because that's always an option. And 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 there are systems out there, I can tell you, that uh, that have created finance in that type of system because you have a, a semi-secured loan in a way. But still, it's a tough thing because a mechanic can only do so many of those things in a poor neighborhood. And Well, they uh, also shouldn't have to worry about credit underwriting. They, exactly. They should, uh, they should they send do an the email car. to... Send an email to partners at lendup.com and we can take care of all the rest of that. They should be focused on what they're good at, which is fixing cars and helping their customers. And Well, uh, well let's we get to it then because I, I tell you, there's an opportunity out there that is just <laughs> wide and pervasive. And not just in that. I mean, uh, there's all sorts of appliances and all sorts of things where people just need things pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, plumbing services. Let me tell you, that's an expensive thing. Electricians. Uh, hey, uh, Sasha, what do you think about Kiva's model where uh, you're doing peer-to-peer loans? Is that something that you guys have experimented with uh, to, to any extent or are thinking about where you know you could go in, essentially the money, the capital will come from someone else. So you have a transparent view into the two uh, people that are making the loans, right? So maybe <clears throat> maybe this is for a slightly different segment of the market. Maybe it's larger loans, um, you know, in the in the in the tens of thousands of dollars, or maybe it's a little bit longer. Um, but could you do introduce some sort of uh, um, like peer to peer lending system? Uh, Kiva's, you know, they're be- I think they explode because they're <clears throat> you know across country borders and they're uh, funding to individuals who you know need a relatively small amount of money. But it seems like there may be an opportunity. I know Lend Friend uh, was a company that attempted this. Um, is this something that you guys have thought about? Yeah, I, I, st- I want to go back a little bit about how I can hire Brian to help run our business development. <laughs> yeah, <in my office. laughs> I'm, uh, I'm available. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so, so that's a really interesting question. One of the things that we originally, um, thought about it, and we have, um, a couple tests in the work, which we're excited to announce soon, um, is this exact concept. So not necessarily the, the P2P space, uh, in general, though, though we are testing that. Um, but we've chosen a route to be a direct lender right now for a, the only reason that it's just simpler for us to help stay focused. And it's one aspect of the business that wasn't a constraint for us right now because we lend small amounts of money that, that get larger over time. So I, I would say who knows what the future will hold. I'm excited to see um, hopefully Lending Club or Prosper or um, SoFi or somebody go public so we can see that this works on a, a large scale. Um, but one of the things... Uh, and, and when capital becomes a constraint, it's probably a route that we'll consider. One of the things that we're really excited about is our technology is one of our core advantages. Um, and for groups of people that uh, want to be able to offer um, payday alternatives or loan alternatives, um, we want to be able to offer, let them offer their own capital using our technology to their customers. So we have some nonprofits, um, and we'd love to test it with other groups like church groups or community groups where they get all of the benefits of our technology. They can use their money with their communities um, and they can choose whatever pricing or configuration they want. And they can create very local uh, sort of payday alternatives or lending alternatives because technology will only reach so many people in our direct marketing efforts. But we want to be able to enable our technologies for other people that are going to do good in the world like Kiva and enable them to have the infrastructure to be able to lend themselves. So instead of peer-to-peer where they're picking random people through our website, they can pick their own community and they can invest in their own community. That um, is phenomenal. I love yeah. that. Mm. So we'll be announcing some hopefully hopefully soon. 
Um, and uh, we'd love to do more uh, of that because that, that's our advantage that we can share um, and, and, and let, people, let people do that and invest in their own communities because that's where it's going to have the most impact. Sasha, since, since you come from a financial services background, do you see yourself morphing into something like uh, services like what Simple.com offers somewhere down the line? Because you want to have more loyalty and retention of your clients and offer them across the, a, a wider variety of financial services that they may not get otherwise? Yeah, uh, very good question. Uh, I, I have to say I'm slightly biased because I'm uh, the CEO and the founder and uh, I'm an optimistic person in general. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yes, I, I think that over time I would love for us to be able to take our advantages and either enable through partnerships or, or offer them ourselves a whole host of experiences, um, all through a, a single sort of entity, and we think that's LendUp, um, or maybe it's uh, brought to you by LendUp, um, mm-hmm. and sort of seeing how how we can take the things that we're really good at and enable other people to be better. So, I mean, for example, with a simple example, I'm excited to see how the BBVA acquisition really enables Simple to take what they're good at. This is designing a, a, an incredible alternative prepaid product or banking product or checking product and uh, and do it either globally or do it with more services because their design and experience is incredible um, and their attention to detail for the customer is incredible. And I, I would love to be the same thing but focused on um, sorts of lending products. But but who knows? So since you, since you came from the Grameen background, which is probably the pioneers in microcredit, do you Absolutely. see your, your model going back? Or Have you borrowed something from Grameen? That's my first question. And do you see contributing back to the microcredit uh, model in some manner that you've learned from LendUp? Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, I, that's an issue. Do you have an idea in mind? We're always open to, to doing cool new things. Um, <laughs> uh, we're not formally involved with Grameen. I, I take a lot of the Grameen mindset into mm. the core of our product. And that's really sort of looking at ways to deliver credit to people that, that don't necessarily have other alternatives, um, and embed education into the experience, create safe products. Um, and, uh, and the credit is sort of a right, is sort of the belief. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of fundamentals. They're inherently about small business lending to start with um, and helping people create jobs for themselves um, where we're sort of attacking a problem about the access to credit and building assets here, which we focus on the asset of your credit score. Um, I would love to partner more formally with a lot of microfinance organizations or um, other groups. So um, I'm excited. I'm going to be part of the Clinton Global Initiative on Financial Inclusion this year again. Uh, And so any way in which our technology can help other microcredit organizations start or do better, whether it's here or uh, you know in other countries, even um, I think we're open to partnering and giving back. We just haven't found the right we haven't found the right opportunity yet. Mm. Faisal, what do, you, what do you think is Faisal? What do you think is uh, international opportunity would be? I mean, is there any <clears throat> difference or how, what is it like in that part of the world? Do you see anything that would be interesting well, from? Payday loans simply don't exist in this part of the world. I mean, uh, I think uh, Sasha could tell you that. India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Philippines, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia. I mean, you can borrow money from money lenders, but not the legal route. Uh, but payday loans as per se, or as such, simply do, do not exist as a business in this part of the world. Uh, and one of the reasons being credit, credit checks, credit bureaus, 
uh, you know, the, the, the pay stubs, etc. Most of the economy is based on cash. Uh, the people who really need it are undocumented. Their, their, their economy is undocumented. Their salaries are undocumented. So it's very hard to sort of underwrite this in a legal manner. Yeah, if you think about it from a, the state, one of the things that was amazing in in Grameen is they had to invent their own kind of risk management policy where there was mm-hmm. no information. And that's where the group lending really comes in, is you can think about that as the alternative data source, um, is people in your community vouching for you and taking out group loans. Um, so there's a lot of challenges uh, that technology can't necessarily solve. Um, and, and that's that's a big challenge. Well, you know uh, something, um, if I may, uh, I, I'm known to do this, uh, dive into history. Uh, if you really look at where payday loans started, it's actually quite a, an interesting uh, journey. It actually, I... I would argue about a thousand years it goes back. Some, if you go on a wiki, it, it looks like it just happened like, uh, you know, sometime in the industrial revolution. The people who have the best knowledge about the income of an individual is the source of that income. The uh, company that they're working for, the very first payday loan started with businesses and they were usually, uh, you know, if you're a farm, you know, and there was a, a laborer working on the farm. And and he needed some extra money. Well, he knew that guy was good for it because he was a consistent employee. So yep. the history of this is richly involved in the loan coming from the actual employer. Now, my question is, uh, Sasha, do you ever work with employers? Do you ever form alliances uh, to to make this a more effective product? You you could also just sort of come work in our strategy department if you want. You're you're, you're like uh, we're going that. to announce a bunch of different things coming up, and uh, we think there is an opportunity with employers. I actually think one of the biggest opportunities that can democratize credit and provide big safe access is exactly what you're talking about, which is yes. how lo- can be sort of interpreted, sort of maybe through an API as. How long have you been working at this job? What is the job? And so Mm. we think there's a lot of opportunity for the payroll providers to open up access to this information because I think they can have a massive help and impact in making credit more accessible. It's bi-directional too. I mean, it assists employers, it assists uh, assists employees, it assists you, and I I can't see a negative to it. It's just the technology has been out there for decades. There's never been a change agent to pull it all together and to show the values. You know, know, Brian, for one of your listeners to uh, work with, go start knocking down ADP and paychecks and give them access to an API to share this information because I would pay for it. I would give them an additional revenue stream by uh, opening up access to having this data. It would be rich and, 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 and so helpful. There, there could be so many services and benefits to employees for, for if this information was accessible. I mean, when you look at the millions of regional small businesses that may employ you know three, four, 500 people, I mean, there's a lot of that going on. You you don't necessarily discover these businesses on the internet, and and much to the uh, uh, to the d- dismay of the media, America still employs a lot of people who have manual jobs. They're building things. There's uh, a manufacturing in America. Yeah, it's it's less than it was before. But if you drive out through the the real part of this country, there's still people doing those jobs, and they run into problems. And again, it's it's one of those situations where. 
you know, if you're out in Nebraska, there aren't very many opportunities for these loan products. I mean, it's it's sort of hard. If you're a farm worker, you're not driving, um, you know, three or 400 miles to get a loan. Sometimes you go into the boss. And again, they don't necessarily want to do it, but, you know, out of loyalty, sometimes they, they're going to do it. If there was a facility that was immediate and say, oh, yeah, we have a way to do this. This is what we do. Yeah, uh, what if we, there was that instant connection right you on your pocket in your smartphone that you could do so you didn't have to embarrassingly, you know, it's, it's also like kind of embarrassing to ask your employer. Employers aren't yes. in the uncomfortable situation. And then think if we had access to information, how cheap of a loan we could make. If we could de-risk that, we could offer loans for so affordable Absolutely. to borrowers. Because Here you have a 12-year history of, uh, of, uh, of Joe uh, Smith. And we know that he's been working in this corporation for 12 years. And he just ran into some hard times. And, and boom, download this app. And, and you're now into a solution almost instantly. And yeah. you know, and it's there's it's a there's a company there's a company called PayActive. Uh, it's owned by a guy called Dr. Safan Shah. Yes, uh, he was a he was a thesis before, uh, and he's doing something similar. You know, tapping into the employers and being able to get some sort of a semblance as far as the the the, the risk that they take on, on on payday loans with respect to the employee. So it, it's starting, but it's a very nascent stage. It's been going on in, uh, undercover for decades. I mean, a lot of payday loan companies in, in areas where they know it's a company town, five or six employee, in, employers, they have, you know, maybe undercover uh, communications with people in the, uh, uh, in the employee department. And they, they wind up having these communications. Unfortunately, it's not official and, in, in, in my view, very legal. But uh, it's, it's been going on for a while. That actually brings up a really good point, too, which is um, some of these employer-based programs, though I doubt the government would ever crack down on employers helping their employees. Absolutely. Like, have it. But it's actually, it's, it's in, in many states, it's not legal for you to do that, um, to lend people money uh, or lend multiple people money. Uh, you can do it on a one-on-one basis, but um, you know, we could offer a technological solution that handles all the compliance um, at any price point um, and make it very easy for the employers to you know, not except the legal and compliance risk for doing this or the uncomfortableness if they have to move into collections. Uh, Speaking of legal, is, it does, does your company come under the money transmitter uh, rule umbrella? So we have, there's a, for payments mechanisms, there's a money transmitter state-by-state licenses. For lending, since we're lending our own money, uh, mm-hmm. most states don't require money transmitter licenses. They require uh, an alternative, which is a lending license. And there's multiple different versions. There's In some states, there's like a payday license or a consumer lending mm-hmm. license. So it's the same, similar thing, It's it, but not money transmitter. Since and your offering right now is nationwide, or is it restricted to certain states? So we spent the first couple years building and testing in California. We wanted to stay small for a reason to make sure we had a product that worked, right? Hitting that product market fit, as Mike was talking about before. Um, now we raised uh, a $14 million Series A last October, led by Google Ventures and QED investors, who are some of the founding and senior team from Capital One and Data Collective, uh, which focuses a lot on predictive analytics with a bunch of other angels. And the goal of this is to create LendUp America. So we're actively expanding. Um, we, we launch, um, I think on average, about two new states a month. Uh, hopefully we'll increase that really quickly. So we're in California, uh, Missouri, Louisiana, and Oklahoma right now. And uh, hopefully by the end of the next three months, we will 
we will be at about 75% of the coverage in the United States. Well, congratulations. Wow. California That's being absolutely. the hard one. That's and yeah, and really if you tough. can crack California, you can pretty much crack the entire country. That would be uh, the hope. <laughs> How do you see federal law changing? I know that there's always been saber rattlings from legislators that wanted to essentially shut down the business. Uh, and, and, well, not the way it's done the wrong way. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you see that assisting you. Do you see that that can constrain you from going national? Um, yeah, my, my general disposition is we can outcompete um, on a creating a better product, uh, most of our competitors. We don't have the scale that they do yet, and we don't have the brand recognition that some of them do, or the customer base, because we're new. But I think if we had to create head-to-head on building a better product, just given our technological capacity, we could. So we also built our product based I think the industry should be. Like you said before, regulation, nobody wants to cut off credit in their communities. They just want to cut out the traps that exist. And so we don't. We didn't build any of the traps. We built the product of what we think a strict interpretation of the future regulation would be. Um, but we'll see. The CFPB has made hints that they are going to uh, the new Consumer Financial yeah. Protection Bureau yeah, has made hints that about. they're going to they're going to push out some regulation. Uh, we think we're very well positioned um, because we don't do a lot of the uh, any of the the things that uh, that we think our competitors do that that are a, a risk of going away very soon. But yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. Hmm. Best of luck. I think you got a great product over there, and uh, certainly wish you all the best for the future. Yes, I appreciate Sasha. it. This has I'm, been really. I'm blown away by LendUp. Uh, if uh, it doesn't show, I just think what they're doing is phenomenal, and the opportunity for everybody involved is incredible. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Thanks. My yeah. team has been been, been incredible. They, they've taken a, a small vision and created what it is is today, and it, it, they're they're a phenomenal. We have a phenomenal team. Yeah. Good job. Boy. Well done, Sasha. Yeah, thank you for taking your Saturday off and talking to us. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you it. You as well. Thanks Great so much, Sasha. Take care. Take Bye. care, guys. Bye-bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 